Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 24th episode of Without Context Podcast. Um, I know I say this every time, but uh, 24 episodes, holy shit. Um, I am Decavolti. I am joined by my co-hosts, Anxiety Lasagna and Sharky Hat. Sharky Hat is, uh, well, you can talk about it if you want, Sharky. I'm dealing with the conditions of the human body. Yes. And it sucks. Conditions of the flesh are currently uh, keeping our editor hat from... This all happened uh, after I introduced like a Hellraiser-esque villain into the campaign, and now my skin's starting to betray me. (laughs) Wish wish granted, as it were. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm dealing with some kind of dermatitis, and it's kind of frustrating. So as you can tell by my picture that I've probably posted here, I'm having fun, I swear. And, uh, well, so, love is in the air. It's February, and uh, yep. this is when you're supposed to love your loved one extra for some reason. Um, I have a lot of mixed, yeah, yeah, that's the reason. Uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Valentine's Day as a whole, but that's not the greater topic that we're talking about. We're not, we're not deep diving into Valentine's Day. Fuck that. That's not until next week's episode. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Sharky. I will fight you. That's you guys on your own. I won't be here next week. Uh, uh, yeah, that's anyway. right. This is the last uh, episode with Haley for. Oh no no no! Wait 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 wait! I can record when <laughs> we use it next, next week. You're, you're, but after yeah. that, hold on a second. The bonobos are on their own. You have one yep. more week with me for a while. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's uh, is she's dealing to... with was it wedding stuff? Yeah, I gotta go home and do some wedding stuff. See my family for the first time since so I moved. The bonobos are steering the ship for a few weeks. <laughs> You'll see me in the comment section, though. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, so uh, we wanted to talk about uh, the the it's val it's Valentine's Day coming up as of re- as of recording this. So we saw let's talk about romance in video games, and uh, if we get time, tabletop because oh, do I have opinions on that? <laughs> um, there's a there are a lot of games that have uh romance romanceable people in them. Uh, off the top of my head, is like Fire Emblem, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, uh, a lot of Bioware games. Now actually, see, Dark Bolt, there's yes, there's levels. You have romance in like Mass Effect. That's just a thing uh-huh. that you can accomplish, and then you have romance in Fire Emblem, which is a core gameplay mechanic. <laughs> and then you I have think... end game goals like Stardew Valley. We have a whole segment of an episode where Haley talks. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. That. No, we're we're. We're getting we're getting ready. I'm 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 warming up the engine. We're getting there. There was just like, you know, people like shipping these characters, let's make it a gameplay mechanic and fire emblem. And it's the worst thing they could have ever done. What was it the uh YouTube that's the YouTuber? It's like a uh, Fire Emblem dares to answer the question, what if chess made you horny? <laughs> Stop it. What? Um I'll probably I'll find that we'll video get- and share it with you. Uh, Haley, we'll, I forget the guy's name, but it's so great. Oh yeah, you gotta we'll, send we'll get into me. my gripes uh, about uh, the levels, as Sharky put it, um, in in a bit. Um, let's just start with like some some baseline, like a baseline where where we're at with how do how do we feel about like in general, like the fact that you can uh, ship your MC most of the time or whoever you are controlling with a romantic interest in in a game yeah i can ship my femme ship with garris all day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll already know my freaking opinion on this are you joking (laughs) Uh just replays it just add it replays the entire stardew valley rant (laughs) i i don't know man i just for me I I'm like a character driven person, not necessarily like world building or like not even so much story driven. But if you give me some like spicy character development and in video games, a lot of that happens in a way that's like palatable to me through like romancing characters. Like you learn about them through the process. I'm just like, ah, yum, 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 yum. Give me more of this delicious romance stuff and like some games i think do it well like stardew valley and then there's games like skyrim where i just like picked someone was like he has a necklace person i've never spoken to before let's go get married and then it's that's it and i was like anticlimactic <laughs> i think uh one of the things i 
like 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 we mentioned there's levels i think one of the things i really like dislike about when it becomes the game mechanic is it just a lot of them just feel too ham-fisted and um it also kind of eliminates those people who are like aromantic there's no representation for them um or god asexual people nothing there's nothing um but representation aside like i think just some some people should there should be a canon at some point that you adhere to in in your like in a fire emblem game for example um i thought awakening had like had like the right of it where there are some people that they could uh form this s tier relationship with that they could become like a couple and there are some that they can be buddy buddy they can be buddies um and i thought that was pretty cool well, but uh awakening kind of makes shit canon when it's like here is this care here's this pair's kid from the future yes <laughs> and it's like oh well i guess that's... i'm stuck in that <laughs> so yeah for and, and i thought that was an, that was a that was an interesting mechanic as well um but again you can you can be you it they're all adults with adult and i think that's my other thing about the the fire emblem game is that your 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 characters in a an adult and they are uh, kids, when you first start talking to them, it's kind of suspect to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. A single yike. The council has awarded you a singular yike. <laughs> yikes. Um, and we were uh, we were just talking about this because uh, uh, before recording, I was watching the Nintendo Direct. Um, and New Kirby game. Kind of. Came up. Yeah. We, we can react to that later. <laughs> New Kirby. Uh, but. But, but, um, the, like, one of the, yeah, the issue I had with the, with, I don't know if it was Fate or Three Houses, or it was just, like, the whole of it, but, like, that your character is an adult and talking to the kids and eventually gets to romance those when they're, when they're, like, aged up is, like, real fucking suspect to me. That's some Peter Baelish energy right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think there is a limit that we can get to that I think we've actually hit in many of the games where you can, uh, where you have options to romance. Can I, can I ask a quick question as somebody who, A, has absolutely no idea what a Fire Emblem is, other than, like, most of the characters in Smash Brothers, do, is, like, romancing other characters, like, a key part of, like, completing the game? To, yes. To an extent, um, I think in a I haven't I never finished Awakening, but I uh -huh. think Awakening like they set up this plot where it's like, hey, these are these characters' kids from the future coming back to like warn you about something. So uh -huh. the point is, so it's like you know, oh, you want to, I guess, like have these characters team up in combat a lot so you can get their, uh like relationship up to like the highest tier because i think there's also like stat bonuses thrown into it also because it is a okay. it, it is a tactic style game so it's uh yeah okay. it's basically it's basically anime chess um yeah, yeah it, but, the, the only type of game i've ever seen where like romance is a core mechanic is like a dating sim where that's like a, you know when you sign up for it that like I'm here yeah, to date that's, people. That's visual yeah. novels and dating sims like out the wazoo. That's it's a whole like, other thing we could talk about today. We could like, talk about. It's like that's not about. that's not relationships in video games. That is this game is designed. This game is a be. relationship. This game will get you sixty hours throughout all the routes you want to take. So <laughs> <laughs> nervously takes Drake from glass. But uh. Yeah, like visual novels are like their own whole like minefield of of things because they can range from like entirely wholesome to wow, this scene came out of left field and otherwise happy story. <laughs> so, oh, I could talk for days about visual novels. <laughs> and then everyone died. It's just like here we have a nice little slice of life novel uh, about a boy and a girl, and then him and, and these other girls, fist. and then here comes like a random like x-rated like assault scene out of nowhere and it's like did you mean sword art online i'm sorry 
yeah it's, it's like that there's yeah it, it's like you'll see on steam a lot like all these like steam and itch.io which is like a, a very indie game like a marketplace you'll see like all these like dating sims with like this cutesy art style and then you like read the description and it's like warning contains scenes of and it like lists all these like triggering materials and it's just Doki like Doki literature club i mean there's stuff that's like worse than that too because that's oh, just no, that's you. just the girls like doing yep. that's like just the girls like doing stuff to themselves but these I... o- other ones are like hey look you get to watch something incredibly traumatic happen to your love interest in this game and it's like who is japan okay cool. <laughs> like, no. no, no, they're no. not. <laughs> no, but to loop us, because like I'll just start talking about visual novels if we if we keep going on this tangent. But with romance in games, mm-hmm. uh, I I feel like based on you two chatting with me about Fire Emblem, not an ideal romance mechanic because of its like lack of inclusivity for non like what it, like norm like heteronormative bullshit seems to be the the classic case there oh always that I was also most, another issue with Fire i think Emblem. most uh most eastern games uh from korea japan china uh a lot of the stuff like that they haven't accepted the other forms of romance and everything like that yet into their games because i think in their culture is still trying to adjust to things like that i can't speak on it i I haven't studied like society in any asian country or anything i just feel like they i from what i can kind of guess based on what they put out and what they censor and all that i don't think that they're really open to that concept yet that's true you'll have the you'll have the younger generation people who draw like the the doujinshis like the hentai mangas where they'll have more like They'll have more yeah. like gay relationships or, or just lesbian relationships. Well, like I think they'll like the younger generation will do like gay or gay relationships or lesbian relationships more frequently than yeah. I guess traditional companies over there do. So you'll you'll see this like younger generation like counterculture uh popping There's... up. I think it's gonna be something we'll see in like the coming years is a mm. lot more um acceptance. Acceptance and inclusiveness in major games but it's still something i feel like they're a little bit behind on cool you so be, you could be gay in mass effect i'm so mad about that <laughs> what they had they had they had they introduced, uh, a gay, they introduced a gay character no well in in uh in one i think they had they it was in the files where you could romance kaiden and then you just they they backed out on it because they're fucking cowards yeah because i wanted my mail shit my male shepherd needed to have his gay life buddy Garris. Did they? Um, Bioware is the people who made. Yes. Yes. Okay. There's so many things with bio in it. I was like, let me let me put this in my dumb, dumb, not very video gamey brain. Are sure. they the same company that does Dragon Age? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have never played Dragon Age Inquisition, and this is a okay. funny story. I may have talked about it on this podcast before. I was on a YouTube rabbit hole while I was in grad school, and I somehow ended up on, like, a at least an hour to two hour long compilation of how you can romance Cullen in that game. Which, like, the guy who plays Cullen, a bastard. We hate him. Cullen, the character, seems to be a pretty decent enough dude in Dragon Age Inquisition. I watched that whole video instead of doing an assignment for school. <laughs> Same with, oh my gosh, I don't remember his name. It's Solus. Is that a character? Oh God, Solus. Fuck that guy. You see, I simped really hard for Solus right until uh-huh. the very end because it's very on brand for me. Uh-huh. I haven't played any of the Dragon Age games, so I'm just kind of vibing right now. <laughs> I literally want to play Inquisition just so I can go through their romance system because I haven't seen a romance system like that. Well, at least I haven't played one like that i usually do dumb visual novels or stuff like stardew valley where the record show that it's Haley calling them dumb and not us i'm saying they're dumb because i think most things that i enjoy are dumb it is a self-effacing joke have you seen Um, our discord chat (laughs) yes (laughs) we all enjoy dumb things (laughs) 
Um, I, I could talk to you about my, my, my visual novel that I really enjoyed, and it's really dumb, but that's another podcast. We are going to so, cover, so, we are going to cover mm-hmm. Sky Daddy in this episode, by the way. I'm just like people know, because <laughs> we are getting to the tabletop at some point. So, as somebody, um, I actually think um, that Bioware uh, had it right with uh, up to Inquisition. Because there is, there are queer romances. There are romances with people who aren't white. You know, stuff like that. Um, I, I just, I, and it's not. It isn't like a core mechanic to the game. You can go in. You can play the game completely. Like, no, fuck all of you. I'm just gonna like, you know, do whatever, do my own thing. Um, in Dragon Age Origins, uh. It isn't it isn't a romance plot, but you can uh get like if you depending on who's in your party at the time, you can start like this random like orgy and that's the that is the closest they've got that's the closest anybody in in um in any kind of gaming has gotten to some sort of like poly situation. I I feel like in light of where this conversation's going, I'm gonna take off my college sweatshirt. <laughs> <my college laughs> because <laughs> I don't want any of this going back to where my institute of higher education. <laughs> like I'm not a student there anymore, but I'm just like, I'm sorry, my college that you can I'm see. I'm not claiming this right now. Oh no. If the I don't want if, you to have to be oh, no, part like, of this, so just trust ignore me. me if, for a trust me, if my employer, the government found anything that I could do outside of outside of the company they would really reconsider. <laughs> yeah, I I I just once once we got to that part, I like I'd been trying to I realized while we were recording, I was like, I probably shouldn't have worn this. Let me just let me just whip this bad boy That's as that's as far as I'm getting with that. Um yeah, like, so, I think just, as a government as like as a government employee, electrician, not gonna say where, it's like I am professional at work, but once I leave that location, I go back to Gremlin. <laughs> like, yep. You get me for eight hours, and a adult, you get me to be an adult for eight hours, and after that, I am uncontrolled, <laughs> unhinged. Um. So yeah, I think they have it right. Where it's not, it's not a core gameplay mechanic. It's just something you can do if you want to do do that. Um. I think when games like push it as like a core gameplay mechanic it it loses it loses it for me um even stardew is a good example because you know i don't i t- stardew is a good example yes no you finish your thought this is me holding okay. my thought <laughs> okay stardew is a good example um i think the way i think the way you go and show interest to your partner in stardew is a little weird because you're just like here's a rock i love rocks how'd you know I think that's a little weird. Shit, I read it on your Wikipedia page. Shit, that's what I've been doing wrong my whole life. <laughs> You've been, you haven't been say, giving your partners rocks. I haven't been I haven't been delving into my crow brain and bringing them shiny things. <laughs> I I will say with Stardew Valley, I know people who are like me who live and die by the speed running of their favorite person. Like <laughs> currently, I started a new Stardew Valley file and I saw somebody complete a speed run of their chosen beloved, where you can get them to like you enough by the like the second event in spring so you can dance with them at the spring dance and i was like challenge accepted and i will i'm about to accomplish it and i feel very proud of myself and it's pretty cost effective to romance harvey so whatever um but what i enjoy in that game which uh it doesn't matter like what jet like how your character is expressed like you have to pick like male or female as in like but you can dress them however you want it doesn't matter yeah. if they're like whatever because but you can romance anybody in the game who's romanceful no matter who you choose in that area and there's also the platonic person who can move in with you crobus the uh sewer goblin thing <laughs> who i adore crobus He's like a shadow creature that you find in like a like a bush and then you chase him into the you find him in somewhere and then he like is in the sewers. I don't really know Crobus's story off the top of my head, but a lot of people who are kind of wigged out by the romance system but still want somebody to like live with them in their house and like help out with farm stuff. You have Crobus, which is just like your best friends and like 
once your person moves into your house, like if you pick one of the humans, you like talk to them twice, then you can be like, Mwah! and get a little smooch. But if you get Crobus, you just do a friendly hug. And I Aww. think that was a that was a cute addition. Would have been cooler if it was a human person? Yeah, probably. But Yeah, uh, the only people who are aromantic are little sewer goblins. Yeah, that's... that's hold yeah. on, let me find a picture of Crobus so you can see him. I that's feel like calling we, him a sewer goblin is a little disparaging. That's how we recruit D&D players into our game, too. We find him in the sewer and bring him out into the sunlight. <laughs> you just lure... You have, like, a fishing pole with a, with a set of dice, and you're just like this, like... Yeah, it's just like... Hey guys, I got a new gremlin to throw into your party. This is this is his sprite. I love him. He's just. I, a little, I do think that's a good that's a good design. It's a little he's blob. He's just a little shadow man, a little shadow aren't, blob. Aren't asexuals just amorphous blobs? <laughs> like, yes, yes, I am. Sprite. Aren't they just a, aren't they just amorphous cryptids? And he can smile yes, at I you am. when you when you visit. He had first of all. Man, the 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 Krobus, which I don't I don't want to presume Krobus's gender. Krobus sure. owns their own business Krobus, in the sewer. Krobus has their life. And you together. can buy pretty pretty interesting items from him. Oh, that is a cute smile. From Krobus. I keep gendering Krobus. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Krobus. Let me see if Krobus has Oh, Krobus uses he him pronouns. Okay, cool. Okay, there you I go. Feel You're like good. less of an ass hat now. <laughs> Krobus is the only friendly monster players will encounter. However, he still refers to other hostile monsters as friends. We love, we love it. We love, we love a liaison. He's also available as a roommate. They say roommate instead of spouse. They were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> but I, I think Stardew Valley is the only game that I've played that's like specifically a not dating sim where I was able to like romance people in a way that felt meaningful. So that's why I go like ham sandwiches on just being like Harvey. <laughs> yeah, that's the, fair. The Mass Effect romance system feels out of place at times for me. Like uh, the game itself and the setting that they have, like it's definitely like just oh we have a galaxy-ending like threat coming on, and between all these like dangerous missions, it's like hey I'm gonna go talk to the person that I'm gonna try to romance and like you know share my feelings and they're gonna share their feelings and it kind of plays out like a typical movie i guess would like you was you would watch like a trilogy of movies and these characters are like slowly building up like their connection until the you know inevitable like romance scene happens before they do what they have to do and all that and that's kind of I'm what i need you to chill there Haley. that's <laughs> what it plays that's love's a slow burn <laughs> that's what it plays out as but it's like it does because the games are so long it does that over every game oh mm. no so it's like you can keep doing it to the same person and you know like there's only like one option for all three games there's only one option in all three games right there's like one or two maybe no you can romance any of, one you can romance you can romance any of your crewmates it, they, it just takes different ways to do so hold on 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 rewind yes. they are your co-workers Yes. They're... That is an HR disaster. <laughs> that is an HR disaster. No, they're they're a collective. Okay, the captain, you are. No, so technically <laughs> technically they are a bunch of renegade soldiers and mercenaries who are trying to stop a robotic menace. So the but... rules kind of bend. <laughs> Hi, I'm so, Haley. Yes. yes. I have a couple yes. of them their master's degrees. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody at Bioware really wanted to just be like, oh, God damn it, I drew, I drew this. Somebody, somebody at Bioware was like, they drew an alien and they're like, God damn it, it's too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Decca, you were saying like, does, I have not played yes. Mass, Mass Effect. Bioshock Mass Effect. is a different game. It's a very um, different game with no romance options. Are you like, are you like the, the captain? So like, do you outrank everybody? Technically, yes. Because you are, in this game, you become a specter, which is like a council agent. Uh, and, and then they're like, as, hey, put a crew together and figure out why this bad guy's doing what he's doing. Red yeah. flag. <laughs> Red flag. No, 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 no. See, my, mm, my favorite thing is being, mm -hmm. my favorite thing is being the female shepherd and her badass self. And then she falls in love with the... Another Dis badass. The disgruntled rookie cop who decides that the law 
is way too strict and he can't do what needs to be done. His name's Garrus and he's your best friend. <laughs> I will say, and that that might just be like a specifically me thing because I had to take an entire course on responsible HR sure. management as part of sure. my graduate degree. But like, you're dealing with power dynamics. Mm-hmm. How do you know that the people you're romancing like feel comfortable and empowered to <laughs> say no? Mm-hmm. Where is the HR department? Like, you got to sign exist. that like. <laughs> No. <laughs> so so here's a, here's in in world the specters are people who are supposed to be able to operate outside of the law. It's one of those situations. They're they're yeah, basically no. flag. Your <laughs> right to red flag. They're red basically flag. they're basically space CIA. So. <laughs> yeah. You said CIA red flag. <laughs> but uh your right to red flag. Red flag. It's like no, the first game it's I, like no. hey, I'm going to romance some stuff and then the second game it's like Hey, I need my teammates to trust me enough so when we do this final suicide mission, the game doesn't register them as not being friendly enough to you and kills them. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that's ga- that's why then you go into game three and it's like, oh shit, these guys died in the last one. <laughs> so 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 that's that's why I'm not in that's why I said Dragon Age is a good example and not Mass Effect. I was like, it's technically it, it, goes back romancing- to my, it goes back to my point, it's like it just feels like it's a thing to do in Mass Effect because aside from the actual character dynamics and their relationships don't matter except for the second game. And then it's not even for, yeah. it's not even a romance thing. It's how much they trust you because you go through the game doing all these like backstory missions for them um, to have them like tie up loose ends before you guys basically run on a suicide mission. It's like, hey, we're going to, you know, get all your affairs in order before we go and do this. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, that's all the dynamic. The game for the second one is like built on that because that's the entire goal. It's like tie up all your crews, loose ends, and then have their full attention and trust in you when you go into this final mission. Because the final mission is broken down into like, who do you leave behind to escort these survivors out? Who do you send to do this on this segment and it's like if they don't trust you they're going to fail that objective and you're going to lose them they will die so it's like you have to commit to helping your you have to commit to helping your crewmates and all that but then the third game kind of throws all that kind of the wayside again where it's like oh god there's no like no consequences to doing anything for these character relationships it's just a thing that is happening. I prefer that over the second game, where if you don't get, I I think I I think I like to get to know them and do their quests. I don't want to. I don't want it to have to be like, oh, I have to romance well, the thing this is, person mo- a or lot they of die. Your, the thing is, a lot of your crew in the second one is from the first game. So yeah. because the thing is, like your if you have save files, your choices throughout the first game carry over to the second game. And then the second game's choices carry over to the third game. So it's like you have all these running storyline threads and everything going on. So it's like. The second game does set up that if you jump right into the series with the second game, the game will treat it like you're meeting these characters for the first time. Mm. But if you play through that scene with like a save data for the first game, they'll be like, how you doing, buddy? Like they'll know you and stuff like that. Oh, that's creepy. Because. uh, And, like, that's the thing. It's like, you get to the third game, it's like, oh, look, half this crew's been with me this whole time. I have some new faces, but it's just like, there's nothing like the second game again, where it's like, hey, I don't have to get these guys' trust. I just have to gather up the galaxy to go into this final battle. So you're getting, like, you're getting, like, these races, like, trust in you, rather than these individual crewmates. The second game does... You're building a galactic army in third. Yeah, the second game really does that this crew needs to be cohesive to do this mission. Like, that's a good feel to it. But the first game's, like, romance is like, oh, it's just a thing you can do. And there's, like, definitely, no consequence to it. So it's just like, they, eh. They definitely build the second one as, like, this is a ragtag group of people that are just going to go on a suicide mission. It's like, some of these guys have been with you since the first game. They'll follow you to the ends of the Earth, but they need to have something they need to do first. And then these mm-hmm. new guys were like, hey, I kind of like what you're doing. Can you help me handle this before we do this? Mm-hmm. I feel like 
what I would prefer in a game is somewhere, like, in the middle where, like, yeah, the romance has, like, an effect on the gameplay, but it's not so much so that if you don't want to do it, it, like, destroys the experience. Like, it could just be, like, an additional thing, like, new dialogue options or just, like, it feels like something is gained from it. Like, for example, Skyrim. There's a whole... It's not, I wouldn't call it a romance mechanic. You can just obtain a spouse. And that was really frustrating for me because it like overall doesn't really change the story at all. Like having a family doesn't change the story. I've kind of had to like self-impose rules for me to feel like there's stakes involving my family. (laughs) Um, And then in like Stardew Valley, like, yeah, you can have like a spouse and stuff, but like it also doesn't really change how that game goes either. Whereas in like a visual novel, like that's the whole point of the game. Yeah. So I and, think I would <clears throat> love a game where there's like a happy medium to that. And like that's I don't the, know if that game exists. That's the thing in Mass Effect One. It's like you can just not do it. Like you can just not go to that person during a certain cut after a certain like event in the game and all that. And like you can just not build that relationship. So it's like this optional thing you can do. But even the end goal is like, oh, you just you get a brief like cutscene showing a little bit of romance and then that's it. But there's like no bonuses. There's no change in dialogue. Whereas the second I feel like if they were to implement it like they did with the second game where it's like, hey, I've helped you tie up this like loose end of your past. You know, we're a more cohesive team now because of it. And it's like it gave you something going towards the end game where it's like, hey, these teammates trust me. They're going to survive this mission. Or it's like my romantic partner is going to like be able to help me do something. You know, if it was something like that, I feel like it'd have more of a point. It's I it's obviously just in these games to hey, somebody wanted to have sex with an alien. So fan service, yeah. You only get to have sex with what? Two aliens? No, you can there's a few there's multiple human characters. Uh I mean the options open up whether or not you're male or female, of course. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, you have there's the several female op- option. There's several options. Uh, no, cause there's multiple oh, females wait, and I males forgot. for each side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. The, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't males. do anything. Again, it doesn't do anything. Like, that's the thing. It's just, it doesn't give you anything. Okay. It's just a thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unhinged example. I don't think Uh-oh. it counts as romance. But I think it might be an example of where it actually does something for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to talk about Dagon Rampa. Okay. Oh no. In Dagon Rampa, I know the throughout name. the course of the game, you have free time where you can like interact with other characters in the game. And if you do well enough, like in their social interaction, or if you give them a gift that they like, it gives you like boost to your skills or like a new thing that helps you during the non-stop trial thing yeah so like you can technically go through that game and like not talk to any of your classmates and not get any of those buffs and boosts it's just a little bit harder but the game doesn't like outright punish you for it but it rewards you for like building a relationship with your classmates by giving you these like buffs and boosts that you might not otherwise get if you don't interact with them which I think would be a fun mechanic if they applied like a romance to it. Obviously not with high schoolers in a murder death game, but we're like, yeah, you can go through this game and it like not do any romance and you still have a complete game experience. But if you want to do that, you can get these extra things maybe, but then that feels exclusionary for people like, I don't want to do the romance and I want these buffs. So maybe there's another way to get them, but just an example that I had in my brain while we were talking. I haven't played Persona 5. I know there's a room you can romance. Just going to talk about that. I know you can like romance uh, any of your uh, partners in that game. I'm not sure if it mm. gives you anything at the end of it. It gives you stuff for New Game Plus, which okay. is. Uh, yeah, it gives you things. Um, but other than that, you can literally just romance whichever one of your not Man, all of them. I think you. Can, I think you're limited to the female options. You, uh, you somebody are. Can I think. Me. I think you are in the core game. I think with the release of the second edition, like the director, like they they came out with Royal. another version of it where you have a new mm-hmm. female protagonist. I think mm-hmm. that she opens up the male sides of things. Yeah, but um, 
that's another thing. Games just need new game pluses. That could be a whole other um, topic. <laughs> Uh, so the other the other thing with the confidant system in Persona Five is you can just go up to being like best buddies with them, and stop there, and you're good. You've got all the bonuses you need. Um, and only if you want to romance them, uh, they give you things that are optional power ups for your new game plus game. You want to talk about a dynamic? That game is actively like you want to seduce your teacher. You can do that. Yeah. What in the pretty little liars? Or the other one where, so, or, or the other romance where it's like, do you want to see the back alley doctor? You can do that also. I will say the back alley doctor rejects your, because uh, that's the one I picked because she's just hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and you like guys. A, aside from like your main like crew, isn't there also like a fortune teller? Yeah. There's like three non there's like three non-party characters. It's like a doctor, I think a fortune teller, and your teacher. Mm. Your homeroom teacher. Uh but I mean that your whole homeroom teacher who moonlights as a maid. That whole uh plot too is like <laughs> the whole thing with her is she's you also like hurt. she's also like reminding you it's like you do understand I'm your teacher, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like it's a self-aware about it. In an effort I, to, oh, go ahead, Dougie, you go, you go. So I was no, I'm just getting back to uh, Tay because you, you def, she definitely rejects your your advance at, when it gets to like the fever pitch. Um, which is just you know you're at a park and and she and like you mentioned it and she's like, I'm an adult. Goodbye. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> which me. is how which is how it should be. I mean, um, honestly, it should be like we're chit-chatting and at the first movie be like, are you a child? And if you're like, yes, then be like You're like, then this conversation is over and I was never here. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for for that confidant, you are uh you are playing you it's like you're you're testing out medicine uh for her and it isn't it isn't weird until it gets weird and at that point she's like Go for her. What a yeah. responsible adult. God knows the most responsible. Else. The most responsible adult is the goth doctor, back alley doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but... that that is my experience with that. With that, that is the only romantic uh, option that I picked because, uh, like I said, she's fucking hot. Do we want to um, move into tabletop so uh, one or both of you can flame me for Sky Daddy? I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I do say a small, uh, not, I'm going to talk about Legend of Vox Machina, but not in a spoilery sense. But somebody pointed out that uh, a scene in the show, uh, Tusk Love, shows up on a shelf. Yeah. And the cover is Ford and Jester. Yes, it's great. It's a nice little little Easter egg. Tusk Love? There you go. Yes, it's that exact cover. (laughs) It's that exact cover. Thank you, Duck. Thank oh, you Duck God. sent you that. <laughs> Duck sent me this. It's just a regular uh, notebook. Oh, but... nice. Oh, Oscar. <laughs> oh, Oscar. Oscar. Uh, so yeah, there's that. There's little nods to that. Um, I think we. I think that. I think talking about Critical Role and the Legend of Vox Machina is a, is actually a pretty good like. I just want to uh, appreciate the board. fact that a large man like Travis can still like become a schoolboy when flirting with his own wife yes. on a live stream. It's 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 really it's cute so, actually. It's goals. It's, it's so goals. <laughs> like I wanna <laughs> I'm dying. For for a long time, for a long time Travis was the character who is who is like as a as a player for those of for those like five people who haven't watched Critical Role, um uh it he's he's the type of player that just wants to go from point A to point B, chop stuff up, grab treasure, move on. And I respect those players because it is so easy to feed into them. Um, as a DM, it was such a growth from campaign one to campaign two, though. Mm-hmm. It's just like and then, then it's like, oh, I'm gonna flirt with my wife on live stream, <laughs> and still feel like he's like just beginning to date her. It's actually really wholesome. It's super oh my gosh, cute. I was just like, that wasn't even my preferred ship for that season. And I was just like, 
I think the topic that comes out of it, though, is, you know, between player romance in a game. Because uh, the people who, the guys and girls that play Critical Role, uh, they have known each other for a while, and there is an innate sense of trust. I mean, mm-hmm. unless Matt Mercer's a cuck, he really let Liam flirt with his wife all of campaign one. <laughs> so For real. <laughs> Not to mention Liam is married. <laughs> Not to mention Liam is married, and he goes home to his Sam. wife. He goes home to his wife after that, and then you have like Sam, who played Scanlan all of season one, going home to his wife too. So it's like there has to be this innate sense of, I guess, just trust in everybody. Like if we were all, pl- if everybody was playing in my game, and for example, uh, I'm going to use a. Okay, I'm going to use Tulio and Gwen. Like, there's obviously an in-character, like, at least to me, an in-character attraction. Maybe not a full-blown romance, but there's definitely, like, a connection There's some feelings there. Because Gwen trusts him, Gwen trusts him, and Tulio protects Gwen. So people Mm -hmm. could see, like, oh, I ship this, even if it's not officially, like, a thing. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because Flory plays in the game. And unless my memory of my own friends are wrong, I believe Flory and Tulio are dating in real life. So it's like this whole, but they all play Final Fantasy together. And I'm probably talking way more personal about their lives than I probably should. But I'm I'm seeing that in my game too, where it's like, I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that in my game too, where it's like, there feels like there's this sense of trust between everybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I haven't had a moment where I felt like something was uncomfortable for somebody. Or somebody, nobody's if, like, if it was uncomfortable, if it was uncomfortable speaking as another player, it's something that you did to us. Yeah, nobody's come to me about it. I mean, I can't like say, introducing I can't my say, dead dad. I can't say the players like haven't talked about it outside of game because I don't know. But <sighs> ruining my beach day, and then I ruined uh, Haley's beach day. I will never, um, I don't think I'll ever emotionally get over that. The betrayal. Betrayal. And I mean, <laughs> Duck's case, uh, brings up something interesting because his character's love interest was an NPC. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was the thing. It's like, it didn't require no player. It just required me, like, having some knowledge of their history and stuff like that and kind of putting that into it. And I think that was pretty good as well. As a DM, There's- personally, I welcome player romance in my games i feel like with all the shit that i throw at you guys a little bit of levity every now and then is you know very welcome especially if we've been playing this campaign for two years so i just feel like the characters have gotten to that point of knowing each other but uh on that note uh we had a whole discord conversation about a certain cleric can i and her romance of and her crush on Paylor, aka Sun Daddy. Let's, let's let's let Haley let's let's let Haley talk about <laughs> yes, it. Okay. I was gonna say it was Haley. <laughs> it's me. Everybody knows yeah. me. It's fine. So, I know this is the without context for podcast, but I'm gonna provide our listeners with a wee bit of context. I joined this game extremely late, like yeah. a few months ago. Late. I don't really know most of the like. My character doesn't really know anybody in this party. She's got like. Two friends, maybe three friends. The the goblin, the cop, <laughs> and like maybe Ewist or Gwyn. She's not sure. <laughs> so I thought it would be funny because like we're getting into the end game of this campaign, and I'm like, oh, my character Ophelia doesn't really have any stakes in this game. Well, she does now because of the events that happened in Grave, and she she's got some stakes now. But the only person, joke, with, the only person without stakes is the murderous Tabaxi. <laughs> she's yeah, just, so she's like, just there for the ride. Yeah. So I was like, what would be her <laughs> motivations to continue with a party that anytime she hangs out with them, she literally gets into like world-shattering situations. Like she's been portaled into another dimension like twice now. Twice. Oh yeah, and then you got thrown into this whole and now battle, I just battle have... at the monastery. <laughs> Yeah, and I had some, like, old man, like, cuff me, like, a, and then I, anytime he got hurt, I started getting hurt, and, like, all of this is very much, like, not at all how I imagined this character moving through this campaign, so I was like, wouldn't it be funny 
if the reason she sticks around with all of this is if she wants <laughs> to get brownie points with her deity Paylor because she wants to she wants to fuck him. <laughs> and I thought it was funny and I wasn't being serious about it. But then everybody started taking it real serious because I was like, oh my gosh, this is funny. I'm making my friends laugh. And now it's an honest to God thing that motivates my sweet baby angel. <laughs> it was like an hour and a half Discord conversation. Yeah, yep. I was just like, you know what? Because her her only motivation before this was like, I just want to ace my study abroad so I can become a high priestess of Paylor. I'm like, well, why would you want to be a high priestess of Paylor, Ophelia? And my my bonobo brain went to fuck the sun. <laughs> and that's where oh, she's God, at. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. But I know um, Decca had things he wanted to say like, on do. a more serious note about tabletop I, romance. I oh, have both. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> oh, no. I have both uh, had um, romances as uh, player-to-player romance. I've had NPC to, uh, my player to an NPC romance. I've also had, as the DM, romancing uh, somebody's uh, player character. Um, and um, I think like Sharky was saying, uh, trust is very important. And um, the one I had as a player to player was during a, uh, during Curse of Strahd. So like, it is bleak. It is, you know, the world, the literal world acts against your interests as you proceed. Um, My character is just like, my character is just a little guy. He's a little gnomish artificer. Um, And he, uh, towards the end of the campaign, decide uh, like recognizes that there is a kinship with a Goliath barbarian, uh, who who has um who also they have a kinship of like there's this um feeling that they both have that they're both like outsiders from the rest of this party, and they slowly like find that out about each other. And it's really cute. And me and that person sent like write, wrote fan fiction for it to each other and sent it to each other. Um, and those two char- those two characters are in my world because that that just it concluded so well, and it was very beautifully done between the both of us um, to the point that there was a session that uh, I write about this on my Patreon about character bleed. Um, there was a session where one of uh, one of the other per- people in the party, uh, who we did not know was working for Strahd, uh, want, it was like trying to recruit this barbarian to Strahd's side as well. Um, and uh, I remember there was a scene that we were in like this this room together, and we were kind of like you know, and this little four foot little guy just like nestled up next to this seven foot barbarian. Uh, just like you know, nestled up, and the person that person walks in and is like, "Hey, you," and like my character leave. And I remember that that person's like that person's like eyes in the Zoom call that we had, just like fucking staring into my soul. That to the point that the next day, I, I like I went to bed that night after the session, had a nightmare about it, woke up the next day. It's like, hey, hey, buddy, are are we cool? <laughs> um, good and Lord. and they're and they're just like, yeah, no, we're good, we're good, we're good. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like Doc Green and his tall golden dragonborn girlfriend that he, he yes. has on another plane. Um, but yeah, I I think as a player, I as a player to player, I love those slow burns that like just become something or they don't become something. Um. Uh, I had another one that could have happened between uh, my player character in a Monster of the Week game with another person's character. And before anything, like, really took off, we were, like, you know, kind of shit-talking each other in that, like, kind of, you know, will-they-won't-they sort of way. And, we, you know, I talked to the player character. I was like, hey, is this something we want to do with our with our player characters? And he's like, you know what? I don't really think he would do that. I'm like, you're right. So it, it it came, and I think it's even beautiful to tell that like unrequited love sort of story. Um, so I don't I don't, like there are so many like different types of stories that you can tell 
when it comes to romance in a tabletop setting. Uh, you can tell I'm on my soapbox about this because this is this is my bag. Um, but um, there's so many different stories that you can tell that aren't just, you know, person A, person B, let's fuck. Um, there's like the unrequited love stories. There are the stories where like, you know, you don't, uh, I had one with a, I was a cleric of, uh, as a, a half-elf cleric with a tiefling. Um, and he, that, that cleric did not realize he had feelings for this tiefling until she literally died. And he tried to move heaven and earth to resurrect her. Uh, yeah, why, exactly. This is why I love D&D, though. Like, it's stories like this, where it's like you trust the people at your table enough to discuss and like go with go with like stories like that you know there's and, so many uh, like beautiful stories back to the concept of trust trust is also something something you need at a table when you flip the romance on its head like in the mm-hmm. case of our game with gwen and arius where arius yes. is it is a very one-sided quote-unquote love from there somebody a... empowered to a player character. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, like, if you were involved in the session where they finally came face to face after so long, like, that was something that Gwen and I had discussed. Gwen and I had discussed how I would play this guy. And I told her, it's like, if it's like, I am, this might make you uncomfortable, but I will never, like, cross a line. And like that was something that like we talked about and we agreed on. I was like, "How do you want me to play this character?" And you guys saw saw him for what he was in that session. That was one of the most beautiful moments in that campaign where she's like, "Give me a hug," and, and then fucking just, lightning bolts him. But it's like that's it's like that's it's the sort of story too where it's like you have that kind of t- romance twist on its head, and it's the story mm-hmm. of her ending it. Like, this whole next session on Valentine's Day weekend is her getting to deal with that, which is yep. a big part big part of her backstory, which I've, I'm really happy that uh, we're able to finally get to. Because, I mean, we also had and- the Flory's part of her backstory and her closure oh, against was- uh, Cassian, which was such Buzz a moment. <laughs> Bust all legs. Like from top to bottom, how that went down with like I don't know. Like I, I was I was deafened for some of it because I was getting a phone call, but like the the like boosting of the ball, ready for the spike with that well timed uh guiding bolt. And then I was, I, I was got, her, I got doing, to play her by getting the killing blow. The and guiding then... bolt is what gave advantage to deal the final blow. And it was like, it's moments, it's moments like that where I love D&D, where it's just mm-hmm. two things go perfectly right. That and like, for me, like as someone who's come to this like 20 minutes late with a Starbucks, I'm glad my Starbucks helped in the form of my aura of, aura of life. <laughs> That was able to give her half damage on that final necrotic blast. So it was like, I feel like I've done something to help. Finally. His guiding bolt also. <laughs> the guiding bolt wasn't from Ophelia. It was from uh, it was from, it was from two. two. Yeah. No, yeah. Charlie gave me the play by play. And uh, yeah, it was like if you didn't, and things like because of that reaction for the damage, if your aura wasn't going, it would have turned a little worse. So, it turned a little worse. <laughs> is everything coming together to make just a satisfying conclusion to a long running <laughs> damn it. To a long running uh villain in this campaign. Like not like long long. He was introduced like a few like probably during the second arc. This is the second big arc he was introduced. Mm-hmm. And his his involvement with it kind of grew since then. Oh, this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> For those but, of you uh, listening, uh, are like unable to notice, uh, Sharky's got a bit of a hiccups, unfortunately. Oh no, I'm it, I'm going to edit him out. It's gonna suck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or I'll just or I'll just leave him in and let people understand what I'm going through. But um, there's a lot. It's Brian, like just CEO of Struggle Bus Incorporated over there. Just uh, that conclusion though, too. Like it, it doesn't really like have to deal with like romance or anything, but it kind of falls under the same 
I guess, scenario. It's a two-parter. So it's just this really cool... Uh, and I mean, it does actually deal with romance because it involves Flory's uh, dead husband. Like, we found out that Cassian was the one responsible for it. So... I didn't know she had a dead husband. <laughs> yeah. Find Flory's, this shit Flory's, out right Flory, now. <laughs> Flory's older than she appears. She's been a gear forge for a while. I gathered Almost as that. old as Salvador. I gathered that. I feel like at some point I'm just gonna have like we should just have a session, like the wrap up session should be like Ophelia being like, I need to write up my report. <laughs> can you guys tell me your story from start to finish? High key, I would love that. Yeah, we can do that. I'm but, uh, uncomfortable with that. So like there was a the there was trail there was a hint hints of like romance being the catalyst for it all. Not as directly as Gwen's arc, but still uh still you know doing that everybody's story has a little bit of romance as like a back a backstory to it you have tulio's like love for his family despite how like fucked up they can be um the lack of like actual actual familiar love in wiz's story you have atticus who lost somebody gwen's like tormentor kind of darker romance I like I like Two's where Two isn't like Two just loves the ocean. Isn't yeah. Well, he's not strictly looking for romance, but he has spent <laughs> his life in service to others for like his his entire life because he's very old, and he's like, huh, yes. I've never actually served myself. Then you have Doc who, on an on an expedition to the outer plains, found himself a lovely dragonborn lady, and it's just. Wanting this to be done so he can go back. <laughs> so, Love that for him. That's a, I, th- I think that's Doc's end goal. Is like I'm gonna finish up all this and then I'm leaving. <laughs> so. Back to the outer planes, bitch. I mean, um, I guess even to I, an extent of kind of like a kinship, Bang's backstory, Bang's backstory mm. of her finding of them finding their master and learning how to uh, like craft things, and that master you know, being killed. So it's like all these story threads that kind of weave together with these kind of common themes to them. Family or like closeness. <laughs> God damn it. Even Salvador's is like his love for his countrymen. Yeah. He doesn't really show it because he's like ornery as hell, but he loves his fellow man. And we're talking about like my campaign a lot. So a lot of people won't get like the nuances about it. <laughs> about it but there will be a day where we finally when we finish and we finally sit down and talk, talk about, about it. it talk about it talk <laughs> about everything that i think i did right everything i knew i could have improved on story threads that got abandoned because they just didn't fit anymore stuff like that stuff like that because mm. there's a lot that i've kind of just dropped from it yep so that's okay dms do that sometimes it this i've learned that i can't run big campaigns like long win, like long epic campaigns, because there's stuff that I just want to put in, but it doesn't tie in naturally. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll um, do a whole retrospective when we finish yeah. up this two and a half year journey. But yeah, uh, going back to the romantic thing, in, in just Sharky's campaign alone, we've talked about all these different aspects of romance and love, and like. Love between two characters, love between a character and an NPC, uh, unrequited love, um, love that, uh, you know, love for their for somebody's people or uh, the uh, attachment you get towards uh, your master who dies tragically or yeah. your long dead husband from X amount of years ago that we don't nobody actually knows. Um and there's even in that sphere, there's still so many other stories that you can tell that I think um, the game, uh, the games industry, with their largely heteronormative uh, relationships, just doesn't hit the same way. And um, it's kind of a shame, really. Uh, isn't there boring. like a isn't there like a tabletop game called like Sword Lesbians or something? Thirsty Sword Lesbians, yes. Yeah, I mean they're winning. They're winning. Just, I mean, when it comes to video games, and this is from somebody who, like, is dipping their toe back into gaming Mm -hmm. uh, after uh, really being adamantly against it for a long time, 
when I see like the companies that are producing like your mainstream games, it's mostly like hetero dudes from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And having known many a hetero gamer dude, romance isn't really the top of their priority list. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, if I'm playing a video game, like my escapist fantasy and this is going to be just like some fuck some hot alien lady, not like put in the work to build a relationship with somebody when they won't even do that with real life people in their lives. <laughs> but that's yeah. just me being a, a trifle bitter, but no, I you think have as more you're diverse, right is the thing. I think as we're adding more diverse voices into video game creation, you're going to have these like more rich stories, whether it's romance or just platonic relationship building, mm-hmm. which I think you see in some of the indie titles. Mm-hmm. Um, that was me having yeah, my, think... my hashtag girl moment. <laughs> I think that's a actually like that's a great thing about these uh like you're saying these voices coming up because a lot of them uh have like this experience in tabletop gaming where we're like we were just mentioning all these like really cool stories that we've been able to tell about love unrequited love love from a toxic person and breaking those bonds of toxicity um and i think as we go on we will get better stories i i agree with you on that um it's just really frustrating to not see that in the now that you're gonna have to wait You'll five see it, ten you know, years you can see it a lot in indie developers a sure. lot of indie developers will have uh either like more undertone other undertones or i think even like life is strange is like really focused on a uh same sex like, queer love queer love yep. and stuff like that so you're god damn it dude this sucks uh <laughs> it, it just so doesn't sorry, it just doesn't stop <laughs> um but god damn so it's like uh you're going to start seeing it from smaller developers who, if they get picked up by bigger studios, will probably, you know, force their way into doing what they want to do. Like, you're seeing that a lot in animation. Uh, a, yeah, lot of anim- uh, a lot of animation, a lot of animators who get picked up by, like, Cartoon Network are, like, putting their foot down and they're like, no, this show's going to be gay. So. <laughs> I will make it gayer. It's like, Thank you're you, t- Rebecca Sugar. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. they're like, hey, uh, the show is too gay and it's like oh you're right i'm gonna make it gayer because she told me that so <laughs> even even like uh netflix shows like um what is it the dragon prince on netflix um like some of the, and like uh, she and She-Ra. those, those she there's the dragon prince is also on netflix um like even those shows are uh when we get into inclusivity about like people who do not use he him or she her pronouns um or like uh gay non-heteronormative relationships uh we're starting to see that more and more as we get into that it's good we're still breaking into the like the upper echelons of like basic cable networks like that is just full of quite frankly ghouls when you get to the top the top of like who's running it they absolutely look like ghouls Oh, dude, um, watching oh when what are you when, looking at smooth skin when me and uh when me and Kristen were watching this is nbc when me and Kristen were watching pretty little liars and i'm thinking like that's from like what 2010 2011 mm-hmm. that was pretty innovative and it was like hey look, we're gonna introduce this lesbian character but they still like completely u- they completely <laughs> they completely like use all of her story arcs to do the bury the gay tropes so yeah she loses so many relationships in that show Oh, I, God, I, I remember the there <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being um there was this whole thing it was it was Fox because of course it was um this thick thick this whole like show that like they they were like even advertising it as like here's a gay kiss and that was like the beginning and then the end of that relationship and I do not remember it was one of the dramas cuz Fox had so many dramas in like the the 2000s or like uh, that scene in the last Star Wars movie where everyone was like, "There's a gay kiss in Star Wars," and you can see it if you're like, "Oh yeah, it's way back there." They were fucking it's, cowards. It's for been Mike was. It's been Mike Wazowski'd into the into the frame. They're uh, it's like they're cowards for not going all in on Finn and Poe. 
They are. The fucking That's cowards. a topic for another day. <laughs> that is a topic for another. I mm-hmm. there, there, uh, so when we there are so many. <laughs> when we eventually get to talking about just Star Wars in general, I'm going to rant that they robbed us of a great story of a stormtrooper who becomes a Jedi. I. And we'll get there when we get there. Keep, <laughs> I will keep my current thoughts on what Disney did to John Boyega. And oh my god, I'm blanking. Um Oscar Isaac. Oh, Dameron's actor. Oscar, Oscar, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I'm so sorry, Oscar. Who's gonna um, be Moon Knight? Did him did those two actors and Kelly Marie Tran did all of their did all of them so dirty. And mm-hmm. I'm so angry, but that is a topic for another day. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna say before I start wrapping the episode up, it's really fucked up that he was like, hey yeah, I don't have to play a fucking drug dealer. And then they made and him a played, drug dealer. Yeah. And that's how that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna cut this episode before we get into a Star Wars rant. Yeah. So you, um, so we can talk about Dune. <laughs> yeah. Um so thank you for listening to us. Uh, rant about uh, various romances. We, I feel we like kinda, we kind of lost the plot near the end, but it's fine. <laughs> kinda, we lost the plot there a little bit, but it's it okay. wouldn't be an episode um, without it. Yeah, it's without context after all. Um, no, so, context, no context at all for my campaign, so that's yeah, no shit. Uh, so um, you know, if you like, if you like what we do here, and you want to support us, uh, the subscription button's right there. Uh, no matter what platform you are watching us on, there's some way to follow us, subscribe to us, and all of that good stuff. So, you know, just subscribe if you want to see what, we, what we're doing here. Uh, leave a comment if you want to maybe try to steer, steer the ship here and try to let us know what you want to see out of us. Um, there are other topics that we either, maybe we don't think to do that. And maybe you have that idea that, Maybe these chuckleheads can talk about something that I want to hear, and we can do that if you should so desire. Maybe we just haven't put together a list of topics and we need some help. <laughs> maybe we ha- maybe we have put a list together of topics that we just haven't gotten to it <laughs> yeah. in several episodes. Uh, um, and yeah. then uh, down below you can see our uh, our various flow codes and social medias. Uh, give those a follow um, and. You know, check out Charlie and Alvin's stuff. And I know uh, Alvin's been here on and off, uh, and Charlie hasn't been seen in a bit, but they're still out there. They're doing good things. Alvin and we would love have been them. here, but apparently he's dealing with a plumber. So, yeah. He has so, a valid reason. And Charlie is just yeah. uh, scheduling stuff. He's a busy man. It's Charlie's a very busy man, and we love him for that, and we're very proud of him. Um, You get us three chuckle fucks until they come back. <laughs> We're gonna need Alvin here when Haley leaves over. We're gonna need a third person. <laughs> we'll just switch switch them out. Uh, but yeah, this has been the Without Context podcast, and uh, I'm yeah. gonna hate editing this fucking episode because I'm gonna have to edit for these. Bye, episodes. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna have to review the footage. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Uh-